Hello everyone, this is the Brit Phil Clark, the landlord of the Britain Yankee Pub. This week we're spotlighting one of the 2023 World Beer Cup medal winners, Kishwaukee Brewing Company, located in one of the northern suburbs of Chicagoland, Woodstock, Illinois. We talked with founder Dan Payson and head brewer Mark Gresh about their win and their brewery and sampled some of their excellent beers. But alas, we had some kind of technical difficulty with Mark's mic, which meant that he sounded far away, even though he was only on the other side of the table. So we had to adjust his voice in post-production. Hopefully this doesn't spoil your listening pleasure too much, and many apologies to Mark. Now grab a brew, settle in, and let's start pulling the pints. Cheers. All right, all right, and down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios, another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Take it away, lads. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another Britain Yankee Craft Beer podcast. This is podcast number 387. And for this one, we're on the road again. But before I tell you exactly where we are, I just wanted to let you know that if you would like to send us any comments or uh, ask us questions or just tell us to bugger off, it's pints at the com, And you'll find us at www.britainyankee.com. And our podcast is on all fine podcast apps. And with that, I'd like to introduce, first of all, my co-host who uh, has rushed up from Yorkville. And here we are in Woodstock. So if you know the Illinois area, that's quite a journey. Hello, Ken McMullen. How's it going, Phil? Buenos dias. Oh, thank you. I thought you were going to miss it. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, he always says buenos dias or buenos noche, depending on what time of day it is. And so <laughs> it's, it's the afternoon. It's an absolutely lovely day out there. We are sitting in a brewery that is currently closed, but will be opening at 3 o'clock. And I'm very happy to say that we are in a medal-winning brewery, and that's fantastic because we're in Kishwaukee Brewing Company. And our guests today are the owner and, well, I don't know what he is now because he's got a head brewer with him. So let's have him introduce himself. You are? Hi, Phil. Hi, um, Dan Payson, uh, co-founder of Kishwaukee Brewing Company. And you still brew? Still brew from time to time. But oh, okay. Got to take that hat off every now and then and, and you've handed wear it different over. hats. Yeah. You've handed it over to? Uh, to Mark Gruss. I'm the head brewer here. Great. So we have both of the guys who's making the great beer. And I did mention that we had a medal-winning beer with us. And that medal-winning beer is sitting in glasses in front of us. And hopefully... Mr. McMullen is going to be taking some pictures because I have to remind him every time to do that. Um, And uh, this is your Bufflehead Brown. Yes, sir. And tell us why it's a medal winner. Uh, This is a medal winner from World Beer Cup Silver Award. 
This is a medal winner because um, it's well-balanced, American-style brown ale. It's done very well from day one. We kept the recipe the same. It was originally just known as brown ale, and now we got a lot of requests to brew this year-round. We have put this into package, 12-ounce bottles, um, traditional beer, traditional package, and uh, we, you know, listen to what our customers are asking for. So they were asking for uh, a brown ale year-round. So now they have it. And now they have a award-winning ale in their hand. And which one of you is going to tell us what is a buffalo head? So a lot of our, our beers and our stories kind of tied into the, the 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 local area and the local fauna and flora around here. So yeah, the again back to the Kishwaukee Kishwaukee River is a huge flyway and migratory path for birds and animals uh bufflehead is one of those birds it's a it's a duck that migrates through the area every year and um if anybody knows what a bufflehead looks like it's it's definitely brown um it was perfect for naming this beer i do know what a bufflehead is because i'm a bit of a bird watcher and I came up to the McHenry Dam, and there in the dam, this was, I think, a couple of years ago, January, February time frame, and there they were floating around, and I was all excited, and I was getting out my binoculars and everything, and there was the bufflehead. It was quite cool. Beautiful <laughs> birds. Beautiful birds, and a beautiful beer. Ken, you've tasted this beer. Yes, uh, I have. I've, I was lucky enough to come here and set up ahead of you, and so... I was able to have a little bit more of it. <laughs> I formed an opinion already. What do you think? It's really nice. This uh, beer is delicious. Nice malty, you know, like a kind of a caramel malt. Uh, it's got a nice creamy mouthfeel. It's very, Slightly very toasty. Refreshing. Just a little, little toastiness toast, a little it. bit of chocolate coming through. What's the difference between a British brown and an American brown? Great question. Um, our traditional uh, English British browns, um, typical lower ABV, not as full of body. Where the American style brown ale, it's going to be more higher in ABV. Also, complementing hops, not hoppy in the sense of a pale ale or IPA, but just enough to balance out the beer, um, being a higher ABV at 6.8%. Um, versus our, our traditional English uh, brown ales, we see around five and a half percent. It seems it seems <clears> like <throat> all the beers in England are around five and a half percent. I don't know what three to five. <laughs> yeah, some of the original session beers, yes. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And that was actually from the tax man, I think, because it was lower taxes for it, the lower alcohol beers, that right? Sense, yeah. that, that's still yeah. true here in the U.S. Um, yeah, anything over seven uh, percent. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it's a different tax bracket, so we pay oh. excise tax on that. I did not know that. Yep. How come you never told me that, Ken? Um, I've never had to. I don't think I want to even talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's skip the taxes. Skip the taxes. Yeah, I've always just figured the, the volume numbers and then passed it on, and and then someone else paid the tax. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So, so this was entered into the World Beer Cup, which I think um, did you go to the craft brewers conference? 
I did. Uh, Kara <laughs> and I, yeah, we, we took a, a hot trip down to uh, Nashville. We drove down on Tuesday, came back on Thursday. Oh, wow. Um, Holy cow. So <laughs> went down, collected award, get back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Took a, you know, little three day vacation, I guess you can call and you know. So so what goes into putting a beer into something like the World Beer Cup? Now every year we've got GABF and I'm sure you're gonna be in GABF and if you're not you have been, but World Beer Cup is a little bit different because it's the world, theoretically, and there certainly are beers from Europe and everywhere else coming in. You know, when do you plan for that, and how do you know you're going to put one in? Uh, another great question. Um, world Beer Cup, a uh, little segue here, I think is now going to be annual. Mm-hmm. Um, it is no longer every other year. Oh. Um, that's a little tidbit, but... Also, World Beer Cup, you're right. It's it's open to all the breweries in the world. Every country is eligible to enter, and you're you're not just competing against uh, the United States. And, for example, there were over 10,000 entries uh, for World Beer Cup in this 2023 year. I think... I think there were 103 categories approximately, and then, geez, I don't know, uh, trying to remember how many breweries, but it, it's up there in the thousands, probably two, 3,000 breweries, trying to remember all that data. But it is, it's a, it's a huge accomplishment, it's a huge uh, event, and it's, uh, trying to compare it to something else, um, you know, maybe... James Beard Award for culinary, I, probably not Michelin category. I don't know even. No, know if there's you're not, like you're not getting a star, right? <laughs> but you know that's that's the prestige, and you, you bring home the hardware and get the accolades that go along with it. Um, but it's a huge, huge accomplishment for sure. What but was your category? It was category uh, ninety nine American style brown ale. Okay. Uh, which had, I think, 83 entries in it. Who beat you out? That's a good question. I remember it being a a brewery from California. Okay. Karen and I, I, we heard Bufflehead, and we jumped out of our seat, and we get to the stage. blacked out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations. Fantastic. And and I guess... Yeah, it's 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 a delicious beer, and uh, um, as I said, there was one other beer that I really liked as a brown ale this year, but I think you've edged them out. This is the first time I've tasted it, and it's it's really delicious. It's got everything you need, and this is a this is a kind of a darker beer that you can drink throughout the year, yeah. you know, throughout the summer and everything, you know. Absolutely, I, I think that's where the American style brown ale kind of shines. Is that it's balanced enough that you can drink it year round. It's not like oh, it's cold. I got to drink something extremely malty. This one is it's malty, yes, but there's enough bitterness and hop to kind of balance it out. Absolutely, yeah, nailed it and absolutely correct. And you know, finishes dry. Another thing with uh, English style brown tends to finish a little little sweet. 
Right. Um, where this one, you know. Difference in yeast character a little bit. Yeah. So British tends to be a little more fruity, a little sweeter. Oh, we are. We're very fruity. You've seen Elton John, <laughs> haven't you? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay, I'm moving how on. About the, so, uh, how about, let's talk about the malt bill, because this is definitely yep. a malt-focused beer. Yeah. Uh, you use yeah. imported grain? Yeah, or? yeah. I, uh, the base malt is, uh, it's North American two-row. It's, it's not your traditional brown recipe. It's kind of pushing the edge of what brown can be with a North American two-row and Munich malts. Um, I think we hit like U- three continents, two U- continents. UK, um, UK, malt. UK malt, brown malt, um, a little bit of uh, chocolate malt in there also, and some, uh, some caramel malts from the UK as well. So it's it's not like a typical Marisader and brown grain bill. It's pretty basic. We gave it some depth by yeah. incorporating yeah. some of these different malts that, you know, again, from different continents. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, you know, you're, you're bringing everybody together across the world, right? Yeah. yeah. So from the perspective of, you know, I want to talk about both of your backgrounds. And you have a very interesting background, Dan. And I want to find out a little bit more about you because if if I read right, you come from the West Coast and you're an architect. So Kara and I did live in Seattle. We lived there for eight years. Um, But we both grew up here in the Chicago suburbs. I got my architecture degree in Boston. Uh, we met here in Chicago, lived here for a year after uh, college, and then we moved to Seattle. Um, was uh, interviewing for architecture jobs out there. Was lucky enough to find one, and uh, the uh, 2007 recession hit. Mm. So. <clears throat> Architecture design work was really not an option for a lot of uh, customers, consumers. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, when I wanted to get into uh, finding something to do in you know the midst of being unemployed. Yeah. So <clears throat> started making homebrew in our 500-square-foot uh, apartment in Seattle and uh, eventually got hired again by an architect and continued home brewing and eventually got my feet wet <clears throat> at a brewery in Seattle um, on their bottling line back when 22-ounce uh, bombers were the oh, yeah. thing. So uh, <laughs> Fremont Brewing, they... Oh, you were at Fremont. They, they oh, wow. let me uh, come in and, you know, help out for a, a few months and uh, um, unfortunately did not get the job there but uh was able to find uh, another local brewery in seattle that brought me on board and i got i got a joke there then and you probably won't get this but you didn't get the job so you bottled it (laughs) so in england that means oh you failed (laughs) right that's pretty much how i felt yeah one for the englanders (laughs) yeah it was like uh yeah getting capped with a a bin lid yeah (laughs) As opposed to cap with a bottle of cap. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, yeah, all, everything was history from there on. You know, made the big career change from architecture to uh, craft beer and uh, great support from my wife, Kara, uh, 
she she was all for it and so you moved you moved back here yeah and then did you start up kishwaukee or did you go were you elsewhere no. so yeah still in seattle um we were i was brewing for um american brewing company uh which is uh i don't believe there's a lot around anymore uh but great mentor skip madsen taught me uh um everything he knew about craft beer a huge medal award winner um and still making craft beer out in the Seattle area. Uh, so after after that stint out there, we uh, we moved back to to the Chicago area and uh, helped start up uh, uh, Scorched Earth Brewing Company oh, yes. in uh, Algonquin. So I was hired as their uh, their first head brewer um, and did a lot of recipe writing and. Uh, getting those guys up and running and that that's where i met mark after was after he brewing there then mark mark's the original production assistant of dan mark oh. was my right hand man oh, right. okay <laughs> again you know i went through american brewers guild uh so an accredited uh brewing science and engineering program based out of vermont and Mark can say the same thing about that. Yeah, I went to the same same school there. Uh, we went basically through the same program at American Brewers Guild, so similar educational background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Architecture, beer, and you were... Oh, you were an architect as well? Uh, no, no, no. Oh. I was but, originally a banker. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so but engineering. All, yeah, my, my background originally, I had a, a civil engineering degree uh, from U of I in Illinois here. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, I actually had most of my career in the banking industry up until, hey, the recession in 2007, 2008. Um, and the bank that I worked for at the time went out of business. Um, but I had been a home brewer for years before that and was kind of always interested in the science of it and the art of it. And uh, my wife and I actually both worked for the same bank at the time. We both, you know, the, the bank basically went out of business, so we were both laid off. Uh, mm. And, we, you know, we're, we're like, why don't we do something that we want to do? So I, I'm like, you know, I've got a passion for craft beer and brewing, so I'm going to pursue an education and, and kind of change my career path. And uh, my first professional brewing job was at Scorched Earth Dance. So. Well, we, I, I went to Scorched Earth. I love Scorched Earth. I haven't been there for the longest time. I need to get back. I still like some of their uh, fantastic uh, beers. I think the coal miners... Rugged coal miner. <clears throat> rugged coal miner. Yeah. Was it rugged yeah. coal miner? Yeah, yeah. That's that was really uh, nice. That's, yeah. a, that's a porter. Yep. Robust porter. Robust so, porter. Yeah, Very another nice. you know <clears throat> American yeah. style porter. Um, yeah, I think they won uh, at least a medal. And yeah, right. Was, yeah, they was won that a medal for their Doppelbach? Was that for Doppelbach? Yeah. And <laughs> that was nice. that was Mark. And uh, cool. did you get so, one for the cool. coal miner also? No. Okay. I, Co- I mean, there was other awards that were in there. <clears throat> Coal miner went okay. down the pits, yeah, right? Was, yeah, gotcha. Uh-huh. All right. Well, we'll hold this conversation there, and we'll pick it up after Scorch Dearth, yep. because we've got another beer coming up, and we have a quick break. Yeah. Well, um, we're back, and after 
the bufflehead brown, we're going to head to another bird, and it's the sandhill crane, because what we're drinking now is your, I guess, of course, a flagship, right? A sandhill lager? Sandhill lager. Um, yeah, this, again, a part of the uh, Headwaters series um, with the bufflehead brown, um, sandhill lager, and then another one will be uh, sampling here shortly, a pollinator doppelbach. So, oh, you've given it away now. So <laughs> you can you can edit that out. Okay, no. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> um, I was lucky enough to have this up at the uh, Hoosier Barn and Brew when your taproom manager Spencer was up there yep. and was a perfect host. We had a nice chat with him, but that that was out of a, um, a f- the, the bottle wasn't quite cold enough, you know, because when you're at a festival and you stick it in the ice, it's never in there long enough. Um, this one. You, you say is coming out of a bottle, this, right? This is also out of the bottle. We're but, currently out, out of draft of our sandhill. It's just been moving way too quickly. And I can tell why in this up. hot weather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm getting, as I, as I sample this, I get a little fruitiness. And um, it's really, I mean, you know, it's, it's not kind of like an, a typical American lager. So what lager style is it um we're gonna we categorize it as a ipl so india pale lager yeah okay um, something that i had experimented with uh in seattle um dry hopping lagers uh, dry hopping pilsners swickle beers um it was really um very approachable, clean, crisp, um, dry finish, um, but with all the aromatics of those fresh hop notes um, and playing around with the hops and lager yeast, it's you know totally different animal versus uh, your IPA or pale ale. Um, you know what what the yeast can do um, is 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 always the uh, the magic. So. The most important ingredient is always uh, the yeast and keeping the yeast happy, and it's all about fermentation. As uh, um, some of our uh, brewing colleagues will tell you, it's uh, it's really just time and temperature. Keep it keep it under control. Yeah, right. And, and I think <clears throat> IPL I, is it an official style now? It it is, and it has been. It's just uh, it's now that. <clears throat> The hazies are kind of waning, I I think, and I think I think we're seeing that across the board. Loggers are definitely coming back around. Uh, we we pride ourselves here at Kishwaukee making clean, delicious loggers, um, and you know this is this is kind of the uh, the segue between uh, an IPA and a uh, uh, a hoppy pilsner. Um, it's, it's got best of both worlds. Um, we're not having a, a milkshake in our hands. We're drinking beer, beer-flavored beer. And I would like to say that I think it's incredibly misnamed <laughs> because India Pale Ale, yes, that had something to do with India, right? And that was the reason it came into being. But I don't think they ever got an India Pale Lager sent out there. <laughs> and so I think you should call it an HPA, 
hoppy pale lager. How's that? There yeah. And start a new start a new trend. I, so <laughs> there are two categories currently in the uh, BJCP. There's uh, India pale lager and there's uh, other hoppy lager. Well, why do they need two? We'll just get rid of the India. Well, okay. That, that's a great question. I, I don't write those guidelines. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think it's interesting how the beer world is evolving right now. It's it's, and and actually, a local yeast supplier is driving a lot of that change. Omega Yeast is creating new yeasts, and uh, man. It's, I think it's interesting and it's fun, all the changes that are happening. Yeah, I, I, I do like new styles, and I always make fun of them. You know, they're not the traditional, they're not classic, but occasionally they come up with something that's really nice. And this is, is fantastic because it, it does cross between the two things. If, you, if you're not really into true lagers mm-hmm. um, and you do like something with a little bite, this is perfect. It's a beautiful beer. I was trying to take a picture of it for you, Phil. And my camera. And you had to was, drink it. No, my oh. camera was having trouble focusing on it. The clarity oh. is amazing. Really? Oh, yeah. Cow. You can uh, read a book through it. It's um, very clear. Uh, nice straw, golden color. Good lacing. Um, yeah, just uh, I will, simple, I'll, simple American hops um, yeah. with a little bit of German hops in there. Yeah, think, oh, right. You know, as a brewery, we pride ourselves on our lagers. That's I think we're a lager focused brewery and. Dan and I both love our clean, crisp lagers, and we also love our hops. So, hey, we've got it all in one glass. <laughs> you got it in one. Five and a half percent. You can have <laughs> That's cool. a few of them. And, and uh, you know, I would like to see you read a book through if you're drinking it out of the bottle. Because <laughs> you've got brown bottles, but, you know. Yeah. Anyway, where we last left the story, you were at Scorched Earth. So yes. what happened after that? Uh, so who, who was the first to go? Well... Yeah, I, I I was at Scorched Earth. Uh, was offered a a role as head brewer at uh, Crystal Lake Brewing. Oh, and uh, I put in was about three years also at Crystal Lake. So working directly under uh, Ryan Clooney, uh, brewmaster over there. He's uh, he's been in the Illinois craft beer scene now yeah. probably for thirty years. If I had a put a number on it but what time frame were you there <clears throat> oh uh like crystal well, light yeah. well scorched earth yeah. scorched earth uh we moved back uh 2014 okay and then uh got the offer <clears throat> excuse me from crystal lake about three years later was there for three and then uh kara and i put the uh the actual dream into motion for kishwaukee uh, we had been talking about it from day one. If I was going to make this career change from architecture to craft beer, we would uh, eventually open our own place. And that was the right time. <clears throat> and fortunately and unfortunately, the timing was good and bad. Because it was around <clears throat> COVID? It was COVID time. <laughs> Yeah, we hear that so many times. Broke down. That yeah. was, uh, the day after COVID was announced oh. in the United States. Yes, right. yep. March 12th, 2020, we broke ground. So, so let's uh, talk about that because yeah. we sit in this fantastically large building. It's on, um, well, it's in kind of an industrial estate, but the industrial estate is almost out in the country up here in yeah. Woodstock. 
and <clears throat> you know you, you've got lots of green space around you and everything like that. Is this a custom-made building? Was there anything here before? This is a custom-made building. Uh, there was nothing here before. It was a, a field just like we see around us. We purchased two acres of lands uh, here in Woodstock. Uh, it, it's in what Woodstock calls enterprise zone, so there were uh, tax benefits to building here, and the uh, the property was priced uh, perfectly. Um, if if we were to build this building today, uh, with inflation and cost of materials, it really would not have been an option. So that was the fortunate part of building when we did. Uh, the unfortunate part, of course, is you know the pandemic. Another thing yeah. we can't control. It's uh, yeah, unfortunate to say the least, but, you know, we're, we're here, we're still here, and we're, uh, we're making award-winning beer. We had a, uh, um, the second shutdown was in October of 2020, when we, when we actually opened <laughs> doors, so the building was complete, you know, less than seven months from groundbreak to door open, and, you know, we had a, a solid week of being wide open, <clears throat> but fortunately, we had uh, you know we have roll-up doors, garage mm-hmm. doors, glass windows. Um, we were able to play play that game as far as you know the air, outdoor air stuff. Yeah, we had an yeah. Space, so. essentially, you know, treat it like opera ski condition and sit at the ski lodge yeah. and it's a little chilly in here with the doors open in january <laughs> but i'm sure you had you we had, didn't have to pay for heaters or something you know going on nope. you know, a couple oh. you're feeling pretty good no but you had you do have a very <clears throat> nice looking patio through the garage doors covered i should say um lots of seating out there you got lots of seating inside and then there's a field and i is that where you like stick your oktoberfest tent we will have our uh, larger festivals. We can we can you know move into uh, the field right right here and you know tent that off, um, create more seating, more uh, atmosphere for games, uh, bags, stein holding, music. Um, yeah, it's it's it, it's always fun putting on those larger events. Uh, we always look forward to Oktoberfest. It's probably one of my favorite styles of beers. So, um, one of the beers that you have on your tap list is a Marzen, and I asked you, "Is that when did you brew that?" And you said, "We brew it year round. Uh, we we brew the German style Marzen year round because we like it so much, and it continues to be, if not the best seller year round, yeah, number, number number two. two. It's very approachable. Amber Lager. Um, it's it." It's it's great for the craft beer drinker. It's great for the uh, the newbie to like craft beer. Mm. It's approachable in the sense of like being a domestic beer drinker. Um, great example would be uh, a little bit different, but Negro Modelo. It's mm-hmm. also um, you know a very well made beer. Right, it's an amber colored lager. It's got a little bit more character than your American lager. Maybe more of a Dunkel Lager, but still along the same lines. Mm-hmm. In a sense, it's clean, it's crisp, 
dry finish um and it it works well year round uh the martin and then we make a fest beer for oktoberfest which is a lot more drinkable <clears throat> in steins <laughs> yes <laughs> you and mentioned you, modello and i think uh, oh sorry okay, hang on i mentioned yeah, modello yeah. but Oh, is that what you're going to say? No, no. I was going to say Modelo, I think, has just suddenly taken over as the most sold beer over Budweiser in America, which is kind of interesting, really. It is. But, it is yeah. yeah. What it, were you going to say, Ken? <clears throat> um, anytime I go to a brewery, if the first beer I look for is a Vienna lager, and then it's Martzen. Yep. It's, if either of those are on tap, that's my first beer every time. It used to be IPA, but... I, I like to drink beer. I like to have a few beers, and those are repeatable, and you can have several, and you're not insane. You mentioned Baltic Porter. Absolutely. I I drove up here from Fox Republic Brewing, 47 all the way. That's a a long drive. It was two two lanes. You know, I passed one guy, but that was a long drive. Anyway, I'm still at Hopvine, finishing up there, and I have... Uh, Kishwaukee's Baltic Porter, your Baltic Porter on tap there. It's the only guest beer right now. Oh, heck yeah. Thank you. So it's delicious. Really nice beer. And then an, another interesting connection, I teach at uh, the Business of Craft Beer at College of DuPage. And you guys just hired one of my students from this year. Yes, we have. Heather uh, Harito. Yeah. Harita. Heather uh, will be coming on board uh, a week from Wednesday. She'll be our, our new sales representative um she's embraced the craft beer industry and she's looking to uh you know make uh, some money from it yes. come on let's be honest, yes. let's well, be honest. you know what for, when when somebody invests that kind of money to educate themselves about something mm-hmm. um that's i mean if you're looking for employees look at the cod program and there are quality people coming out of there yeah she's cool She's uh, been great to talk with the past few weeks here, and we can't wait to bring her on board. Um, we have a lot of uh, potential territory to get our get our brand in to retail, into restaurants and bars. Um, she's very eager to make a start in the craft beer industry, and she wants to continue her education also. Um, it's just... I, th- I think the perfect um, perfect fit for her, and uh, we're we're still young. We're we'll be three years old in October. So, what you know, what better place could you find than uh, being young and start from the ground up, get your feet wet? So let's um, hold the conversation <clears throat> right there because I want to come back and talk about distribution, especially where you guys are both geographically and with the beer container that you have opted to use. We'll be back in a second. Very short break there, and I wanted to come back and talk a little bit about your distribution because we know you're having uh, Heather coming on as your new uh, sales uh, person. What is the area that you want to focus on? Because just for geographically for people, we are up Woodstock, Illinois, which is quite north. I think it's northern McHenry County. It's north of you is Holtzlager. 
Correct. correct. And then it's Wisconsin pretty much, right? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes up to Wisconsin. 30 minutes yeah. to the 30 border. 30 minutes to the border. Okay. Yeah. So, so what area do you want to focus on? Is there anywhere you want to go first off, you know? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we, we started out self-distributing. Um, we would go to local McHenry County accounts. We branched into a little bit of Lake uh, a little bit of Cook County, just you know, over the border. Uh, we since then we've brought on uh, and partnered with Charles Herdrick uh, Distribution. They're the uh, our McHenry County distributor. So everything that's being served here in McHenry County, with the exception of a few accounts, uh, Marengo and Harvard, it's it's all distributed through Charles Herdrick. Um, they bring everything to anywhere from Osco, Binney's, Garfield's, Armanetti's, uh, local bars and restaurants. Um, so they were our, our first partnership in distribution. We've now brought on a partnership with uh, Euclid Beverage, which mm. uh, distributes in the Kane, DeKalb, and uh, DuPage. DuPage. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say that's, <clears throat> my, that's my county. <laughs> um, a, a tiny sliver of Cook County um, yeah. near Schaumburg, but uh, those are our two distribution areas. Um, again, yeah, we are we, we're bringing Heather on for this role um, for a good reason because. We, we have a lot of potential to get into newer accounts, and, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what the rest of this year brings. Mm. It's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've, we've made great beers, and uh, we just, you know, get the word out about Kishwaukee. So, okay, that's great. Uh, I'll look forward to seeing the beers down in DuPage County and yes. getting them. That's great. Yes. Um, the packaging, though. Okay, you've, you've opted to go with bottles, which indeed are a very traditional way of doing it. But I think what I'm seeing anyway is that most of the breweries are pulling out um, their cans now because, you know, you can get, well, a bottle is, what, 12 ounces and the can is 16. So you, you seemingly get more beer depends what the fluid out you know cost but, is but bottles are a difficult beast to take with you to locations where you shouldn't have glass so what was your decision to go with that and are you going to change sure um <clears throat> packaging i mean really wasn't in my original business plan uh it was going to be primarily drafts mm. um this was another byproduct of covid Restaurants and bars really were restricted. Well, we need a packaging line. We need something fast. Um, I've, I'm very familiar with uh, the bottling line, Mahin. It's, it's changed quite a bit since the early days. Uh, they've put new brains into it. And, again, yeah, traditional beer, traditional package. The other part is when we go to, like, a grocery or a package store what do we see now on the shelves cans mm. 
we see lines of cans. Uh, they're four-pack, four 16-ounce cans. All right, I'm not a math guy, but a you know, six-pack of 12-ounce bottles is more beer than uh, four 16-ounce cans. And it also sticks out. It's right there. Um, we're not doing any crazy... We're doing beautiful artwork. Uh, it's, it's something that you can... You can pick out from far away. It says Kishwaukee Brewing Company. It says what the beer is. Mm. It's it's easy to uh, recognize on the shelf. So I also see the twelve ounce cans. Some of the places are doing you know twelve ounce cans. I, I I'll cite Rheingeist, right? And I always, just like you said, I always feel like I'm getting more beer with a six pack can, which I am effectively, right? Um, and the price is generally the same or maybe even a little less, mm-hmm. um, would you consider doing the six-pack cans? And, and the only reason I'm going this way is because when you get to the stores, are they changing the way that they're displaying the beers to accommodate the cans, and does it still accommodate a bottle? Uh, I don't know if I can actually answer that question. I I know I go into the stores, I see our product, um, and it stands out because it's in a bottle. It's mm. in a six-pack mm. carrier. Um, typically, some stores will place it, you know, horizontally. Um, some stores will place it, I guess, turn 90 degrees where, you know, the end of the case is mm-hmm. present. So we're seeing a lot of changes I, I I would say in that sense, so the the retailers can put more SKUs on the shelf. Um, that's it's probably more of a retailer based question. How many different SKUs can they right. get up you there? You see them resetting their shelves typically. Yeah, and they're, they're, I think they're trying to maximize the number of brands that can fit on the shelf. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, enough of what you put it in. We know from tasting it that what is in that container is freaking awesome. And that brings us to the beer that we're sampling in this uh, particular segment. This is your tart peach saison. And as soon and we've only got little sample glasses, but as soon as it came, the head was just beautiful, white, fantastic-looking beer, so attractive. I picked it up, smelt it. Oh, my goodness me, what a fantastic aroma there is coming off this. I'm getting peach, I'm getting tart. I mean, it's just like it's advertised. And then when you taste it, I mean, is this a wild ferment? Is this wild ale? It is. So we kind of have our own mixed culture of bacteria and Britannomyces that we've kind of developed over the years through Dan's collection, my own personal collections. Um, We've got a very small barrel aging program here. Um, Wait a minute. I collect different things to collecting <laughs> Britannomyces. Do <laughs> <laughs> you have like a bunch of petri dishes on the shelf? Yeah. You know, Mold, oh, look spores, at fungus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I love it. Ghostbusters. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, over the years, brewers, we've you know had many wild sour beers that we've enjoyed, yeah. and and as anybody who's into those style of beers knows that there's many many different organisms that create the the different flavor compounds in these in these beers so mm. over the years you know we've all i it's like i like this beer i like the the bacteria and Brettanomyces that is in this beer so um we want to keep those things alive and every barrel has its own kind of uh 
it's got its own life. So, uh, you know, I think we've got a good blend of bacteria and, and bread in these barrels that we have going right now. And so this is a this is done in a barrel. Or? Yes. The, yeah. So it was originally oh. it's a beer that was fermented in stainless steel, but then we transferred it into barrels to kind of age on the, the bacteria and the wild yeast. And, and this is one that, in particular, we added some some peaches from Michigan to yep. and let that kind of develop for oh, about six months, I believe it was, in the barrels. Yeah, six months and uh, yeah, um, pretty neutral oak at that point. Yeah, the, uh, I think when this beer went in the barrels, there had been two other beers that had been in there before. Right, that's correct. Um, yep. But yeah, we keep feeding feeding the barrels, keep the keep the bacteria and the yeast uh, going, and it's it's changing from generation to generation. Um, some different characteristics come out uh dependent upon what the the base beer is and also uh you know if we add any fruit to it mm. this well beer's delicious yeah i i'm so impressed with this this is fantastic so a little it's a little it's a little tart but it's not oh not over the top. yeah it, oh. yeah when you tell people this is a sour beer they're expecting it's like oh it's mouth puckering and i don't want i'm gonna have i'm gonna have heartburn i can't drink this is very oh. balanced you know, the bacteria gave it some tartness, but it's not over the top. You got enough little yeast characteristics. I got a five-point pucker level, a five-point pucker <laughs> scale. This is a four on that. <laughs> uh, but you soon quickly get used to it, you know. We, perfect summer beer. We do make some that are at the five okay. puckery level. <laughs> yeah. um, but, yes, this is a great summer beer, uh, most likely brew some more of this um, or maybe play play around with different fruits. So how much of this type of beer do you produce? How many different ones of these do you do versus your, your I'm going to say your standard offerings, which are very much classic styles? Uh, it, it's a very small percentage. Uh, I think we have, what, 12, 12 or 14 oak barrels in the back. And the time frame is so much more extended than, you know, I can brew an IPA and have it ready on draft in seven days if I had to, but this is something that, you know, probably developed for six to nine months at a minimum. Right. Get the, yeah, the bacteria's got to do its work and, you know, get all that all that fermentation finished up um, inside the barrel and, um, yeah, let the... <laughs> Anybody that's coming out here to see breweries, like, I know more is just, you know, it's down 47 from here, but if, if you're coming out from Chicago to see more... I'd come up here, come up here after there, and you know, make a day of it. This is uh, this is a pretty no. cool place. It's actually a really big place, and um, nice tap room, and the beers are. Man, you guys are killing it. Yeah, it, it's it's. I, I mean, I would. I didn't know what to expect when I was coming up here, and I was just blown away here by walking through the door. I'm going. Wow, I thought you guys were going to be like a small place next to the river or something like that, but. This is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You definitely got to come here to try it out. Um, I want to. Uh, Ken has a, a prior appointment, so I'm going to ask him to hang in there whilst we get the last beer because I really want him to try the pollinator. Um, and we can talk a little bit about um, some of your other beers and where you think you might be going in the future. So we'll take a five second break and be right back.
our final segment has a beer in front of us that I don't think many people will be drinking in, where are we, June? Just in the middle of June. Um, however, it is a beer that you can drink year-round. It's a Doppelbock, and this is your pollinator. Now, every Doppelbock should have an Ator at the end <laughs> of it. After, you know, the original one was, what, Salva, Salva, what was Salvatore? It? Salvatore. Salvatore. Well, that's not yeah. Really, yeah, I guess that's Ator. Um, how did this get its name? Uh, it's uh, got honey in it. N- no honey oh. in it. <laughs> Absolutely no honey. Um, you know, strict Reinheitsgebot. Uh, we've we've got you know the four ingredients are are malts, um, water, yeast, and and hops. Uh, this is a, a traditional German style Doppelbach. We we brewed a Doppelbach uh, the previous year. We we played around with that. We had introduced uh, rye malt to it, um, which. I feel like it, it turned out really well, but again, just going back to uh, the tradition and the roots, keep it a tr- traditional Doppelbach and pollinator. Again, no honey in it, but back to the Headwaters series, you know, everything that is flora, fauna in the Kishwaukee Valley, it's not a bird name, it's not an animal name, it, but it's something significant and there's a huge amount of uh, pollen that's available for the, you know, the bees to um, do their work and be busy at, and just bringing that awareness back from uh, environmental consciousness and uh, just again educating people about uh, you know the Kishwaukee River and Illinois environment. Well, this beer is. Um exceptionally delightful um i would if i had to say this was bufflehead brown in germany twice as impactful on steroids (laughs) that's it thank you very much um what do you think ken oh my i'm loving this (laughs) it's so thick and malty and it's 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 really creamy on the finish and it it lingers and it's what's the percentage uh eight eight something okay What's, it, it tastes That's as if it's... 7.7. Oh, 7.7. Wow. It tastes like it's more than 7.7 or 8%. There's yeah, a real punch to it, it helps at the end. with a dry finish. Um, it, you know, it, it, it's not cloying. It's, it does finish dry. But, yeah, definitely full-bodied. I mean, that, that alcohol yeah. level's getting to where you can usually... You can feel the heat You can feel the bit, burn. Not in this one. I'm... I don't. No, I don't get enough of it. And again, easy it, drinking. it comes down to time and temperature, and yeah. all about fermentation. So that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. We, we make yeast food and give them nice homes. So <laughs> then you keep them happy, and they make you really good beer. <laughs> One brewer told me we are we're yeast herders. We yeah. we just herd the yeast and feed them and keep them happy. Yeah. It's like a good friend of ours, uh, Mark Nasky, um, who passed away a couple of years ago, and he was a big. I mean, he he knew beer back and front, and he always used to say he was a he was a Finn. And he used to say, "Yeah, you gotta get the yeast happy. They're gonna have a party." <laughs> right, <Sir. laughs> and it Absolutely. sounds like they're having a party here at Kushwaukee. Um So, what's the? I mean, you keep this on most of the year round. This has now become. Uh 
a year-round staple for us again a part of the headwater series so mm. you know those the three new ones uh, the bufflehead brown ale the sandhill lager and pollinator doppelbach um so yeah we we want this on year-round for sure mark put a lot of time and effort into uh recipe development for this beer so let's talk about the future for uh, Kishwaukee. You obviously have found your avenue, your path that you like to go down. You know, it's, it's definitely classic styles, get, right? I mean, I'm not wrong in that. You're cr- British, German, yep. sort of thing. Is there going to be a beer that you want to brew that you haven't brewed in the future? Yeah, we. I mean, we continue to play around with traditional styles, but, you know, kind of just push the boundary of those traditional styles. You know, I, I'd like to continue our barrel aging program. I uh, just want to be very delicate with it, I guess, is the best way to put it. I don't want to go full into it and not know there's a, you know, just make sure the market's out there um, before we we go down that avenue. Um Right now, I just want to continue with the uh, you know traditional German style lagers and keep keep on the uh, Sandhill Sandhill Lager train. Um, it's I, I think a, a great transition beer for the uh, AB Miller Coors lover who wants to get into craft beer. It, it's very approachable. Um, it has great aromatics, but Again, it's clean, it's crisp, and refreshing. It's, it. I, I kind of think that's the the gateway for domestic beer drinkers to get into craft beer. Um, and, yeah. and Mark, I mean, you've heard from the owner; he says what goes. Yeah. But do you have anything that you'd like to brew that oh, yeah. he, he doesn't know about? <laughs> no, no. I think Dan and I have a lot of uh, similarities in kind of our approach to beer, so. You know, we've been we've been talking about the last about ten years that it's the year of the saison or it's the year of the lager. I do think it's the year of the lager. <laughs> I think it's the year. It's of definitely lager. the year of the lager. Yeah. So I, the saison. I, I, I yeah. think everybody at this table appreciates. You know, what? I'm going to sit down with some friends or family, and I'm going to have a couple beers, and I want to have a couple beers. I don't want to just have one beer that's you know this overwhelming taste profile, or it's too thick, or it's too sweet. I, I want to have a couple beers and sit around and have a good time. So. Lagers definitely fit into that. I think saisons fit in there somewhere too, but you know, you just need more people to buy them. But like, like I said before, I mean, our passion definitely is. We love our lagers. I love to drink beer that's flavorful and, and I can share with friends and family. And I, I love to brew stuff in the barrels, but some of those flavor profiles may be more extreme than the the, the kind of everybody's looking for. But I'll continue to make those for the people that want them. But in the meantime. I'm going to sit down and have three, four Martins or Samuels with you. Absolutely. Well, I know yeah. I've said this on here <clears throat> in the past, but I have a theory about this, the resurgence of loggers. They never went anywhere. Loggers, I totally agree. Loggers have been <laughs> solid. Like, they're the, it's the largest style sold in the U.S., right? right, in the world. Yep. We have, what? From 2013 to 2018, I think we doubled doubled the number of breweries in the U.S. Somewhere in there, it went from 3,500 to like 7,000. 
Yeah. And all of a sudden, breweries have time to leave a lager in a tank and not turn a, you know, right. have to turn an ale in two weeks, you know. Right. And uh, it's, everybody's brewing a lager now. It's excellent. I love it. I also just, I guess, uh, Omega is developing a lager yeast that produces ALDC. I think that's an enzyme hmm. that prevents the the yeast from producing diacetyl. So any... Yeah, <laughs> anybody can make a good lager. Now. Uh, uh, we'll it's see. interesting. It, they're still testing it. Oh, it's yeah. not uh, being sold yet. You know, but, uh, tried and true. You know, lager fer- fermentation is. I, I mean, that's never going to change uh, as long as the brewers in control of the you know fermentation time and temperature. Yeah, there are a lot of enzymes out there, and yeah, it's. Ex- exciting to see the developments in microbiology curious to see what the products turn out to be well, you your your traditional i i'm sitting here taking pictures of you guys probably i've took a taken a few of you guys but some of them i'm zooming in on your glasses the lacing on these glasses is incredible yep. so these are really well-made beers clean beer glasses I, I do like it. I do like a good lacing. <laughs> yep. um, while you were talking about you, now if you have to shoot off, Ken. Yeah, I should probably head. Just out. leave me. Just leave me I, here. I'm going. Go I'm going to a party <laughs> that is being held for me. So yeah, I, you better I'm go. Probably I probably shouldn't be late. Well, you know, rock star entrance. Show up. You oh, know, God, yeah, an hour late. And I'm going to sneak early. in the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so hour. it's goodbye from you. <laughs> yeah. Goodbye from me. All right. Goodbye. goodbye right. I'm going to go on with my. I want to go on with my question here. You can slide off. All right. Cheers, guys. Thank you. You were talking about yeast. Cheers. Have you ever used the Kavit, Gavik, or yeast uh, for I, anything? I have. I've experimented with it. It doesn't seem like you're Honestly, that I'm, happy I'm, with I'm it. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. Again, just, you know, kind of traditionalist and, uh, you know, stuck in my ways in the sense of what works and what I, what my palate tells me is is a good product. Yeah, and I've experimented with yeast too, and it's definitely a fascinating strains of yeast that right, know, yeah. have interesting origins, and they will make a very interesting beer if that's what you're looking for. So whether or not that's a place here for that, I don't know about that. But so it is a, a it is a fast fermenting uh, yeast, right? That's a hundred percent. But it's a uh, you know again just. Be be mindful as a brewer, and you know respect the beer, respect the fermentation. Um, not that Kvike is doing something different. It's just uh, the the flavor profiles of the end product are not what I'm looking for. It would seem like the Germans lagered, right? They laid it down, and what is it? Six weeks to eight weeks for a good for a good lagering. Right. Whereas if you're coming in with a Kvite yeast, then it maybe it's going to miss something. I don't know, but it does produce a lot of hazies. I think I understand in, yeah. in saying that. But a uh, oh, question about your demographic here: What type of people are coming in and drinking your beers because of what the styles you're making versus people who come in and say, "Hey, you got a hazy? Hey, you got a you got a milkshake or something like that?" You know? Yeah, I mean we. We are in McHenry County. We have a, a demographic uh, 
probably closer to our age, you know, 30s. Your age. 30s. Not my age. Well, I'm in my 40s. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. But we tend to have more of a crowd 30 years older. You know, it's, uh, craft beer is still new to a lot of, uh, you know, people in their 20s. Uh, with the uh, RTBs and seltzers that are are still coming out, which I honestly I think it's kind of waning. Also, craft beer is always going to be around, but yeah, I'd say you know the uh, thirty plus crowd. That's our typical uh, tap room environment. Again, you know McHenry County, one of the largest counties in Illinois, if not the largest. By land, but it's uh, um, one of the uh, smaller populated yeah. <laughs> counties in Illinois. You know, we like to make again these traditional style of beers: uh, the German lagers, uh, English ales, some of the original American ales. Also, it really fits the demographic because it's approachable. It's easy to easy to uh, you know. Get that transition from again the uh, Miller Coors mm. AB or I'm a hams guy. I like to drink hams. I had a hams the other um, week. Hadn't had one for thirty years. <laughs> yeah, it probably hasn't changed much. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, I draw the line at old stuff. <laughs> this is certainly a different demographic in McHenry County than if you moved, you know, southeast into Chicago. Definitely different. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I, I, I would say if I don't care if it's politically correct or not, it's less hip. It's more grounded, right? Yeah, they're more yeah. you know, normal people, whereas, you know, you've got to be a little hip to be lived down in Chicago. Yeah, so. <laughs> I mean, we we are differ, definitely in a rural community, uh, rural setting, and that's what we wanted. We mm-hmm. wanted to be a, a destination location. We didn't want to be in a a thoroughfare where traffic is just whizzing by, but we want it to be somewhere where our customers can sit outside, look at the fields, look at the, you know, the trees and enjoy the, you know, the environment. So let's uh, kind of round this out and find out a little bit more about what you offer. So um, do you have food trucks? Do you have a kitchen or snacks or anything like that? Is it just a food truck thing? Uh, so food trucks, we we uh, typically get two to three um, a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we do have bar snacks. Mm-hmm. We do not have a kitchen. Um, we want to concentrate on on beer. Yeah. Um, not to say we won't have a kitchen in the future. We have the the uh, the the property and building space to make that feasible and um bring it to fruition it's it's uh it was a part of the original business plan you know if we want to actually do food we we can potentially do that um but right now um being under three years old concentrate on what we do well let's make beer Mm -hmm. so uh finishing up tell everybody where they can find you yeah, we uh, so again we distribute uh, McHenry County, uh, Kane, DuPage, DeKalb, a little bit of Cook County, 
Uh, we do self-distribute to some of those locations, but you can find our products in uh, the finer um, beverage locations, uh, Binnie's, Garfield's, um, Osco. Uh, we are working towards some other grocery chains, and um, you know, hopefully we get those authorizations. It's a, a lot of corporate pa- paperwork to... Uh, Get the product in there, even though you know we we're a local local uh, producer. We want to get into uh, the uh, retailers' hands, and it's you know it, it, it's a lot of back end work. And, that, and actually, what I really meant was, what the hell's the address here? <laughs> <laughs> the address. We are Kishwaukee Brewing Company, nineteen hundred Dillard Court, Woodstock, Illinois six zero zero nine eight. Do you know the phone number? 815-308-5232. Good man. And I'll bet the website's www.kishwalkybrewing.com. www.kishwalkybrewing.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram. Fantastic. Well, I have really enjoyed our conversation. I've more enjoyed the beers. <laughs> thank you, Phil. They're and fantastic. Thank so, you. Thank you. And as Ken, as yes. Ken has buggered off, we, what we have to do is a quick uh, cheers in the cheers. middle, and it's cheers. It's good night from me and good night from you. That's how we always finish up. And usually at the end, I have a little joke with him, but he's gone, so we'll have a joke at his expense. All right. So what's yeah. your joke? Oh no, we have a joke about you, but oh. he's gone, so we'll oh, have a okay. joke about him. He yeah. can't hang around, uh, can you he? You can joke about me. Oh no. <laughs> Buenos noches, right? Buenos noches, yeah. Thank you, Mark. (laughs) Well done. Thanks, guys. All the best. Come up to Kishwaukee Brewing. It's a fantastic experience if you like the classic styles. And if you like a little Jamie Tart, well, they've got the Tart Saison, too. There you go. (laughs) Cheers, guys. Guten Tag. (laughs) Britain Yankee! Yankee! I'll have a pint! No. Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, a pint, please, Bob. Give me another pint. <laughs>